0: This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number
1: 170.
0: Hey, veterinary friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. She's a good friend of mine. Her name is Nina Syme. And she is an office manager at uh, Warren Podiatry in Warren, Michigan. And um, today she knows a lot of things about running um, a hospital in her podiatry experience. But um, today I think what we are going to talk about is a journey that she had with her daughter through some medical issues. And we thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about Um, For any of you that are dealing with medical things with your families, we thought it would be an interesting story to tell. So welcome to the podcast, Nina.
1: Thank you, Julie. So good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Me
0: too. So where do you want to start? Well, um, (laughs) do you want to say a little bit about yourself first? Okay.
1: So um, as Julie said, my name is Nina. I have been married to my husband for 37 years. Uh, We've known each other for about 42 years. And we have three children. Our oldest is a father. Um, We have a little grandson. He's two in our whole world right now. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, for sure. Grandkids. Yeah, and then we have another son um, who's married, and um, our daughter just got married in September. And so Christina, our daughter, is the one that we're going to talk about today. Um, She is 28. And she was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when she was 19. So um, this early spring after she graduated high school, um, she came down with bronchitis and they put her on a Z-Pack, the uh, antibiotic, for five days. Um, and as happens with the antibiotics, sometimes she um, ended up getting some diarrhea and um I'm, you know, kind of brushed it off as well. It's from the antibiotic. And day six, day seven, it's like, well, it's still in your system, that kind of thing. And by day eight, I said, we probably should go see somebody. Mm. So we um, went to our family doctor, and he kind of felt like maybe she was having, I, I immediately thought it was C. diff, because I had a friend who had that. And that was kind of the journey How it started, her. right? Yeah, and he said, "No, that's typically older people, people who um, have been hospitalized." So uh, he did not think that's what it was. He has a child who has celiac disease, so that was his go-to. So he sent her for, or, you know, did the blood work for the celiac, and that came back negative. Um, and doing some of my own internet research. Um, when he said he was sending her for a colonoscopy, that wasn't a surprise to me. Um, kind of, feeling. so you were prepared. Yeah, that was the next. So step. as soon as
0: she started with the diarrhea problems, you were on Google and trying to figure it out.
1: Um, no, not like until, most of us medical yeah, people do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not until you know he did the celiac thing. Okay, and then I started. Then he started. Of, what else could it be? You yeah, because like I said, I figured it was C diff. That's right. what we were walking in. Right, with. that's what you thought. Yeah, so. Um he sent her to a specialist that did the colonoscopy and right away, you know, he came out and said she had ulcerative they colitis, knew. right. Hmm. And in doing research with that, um, we're fortunate that he diagnosed her as quickly as he did, because it sounds like people really kind of go through a lot of different medical tests and not always good follow-up with the physicians and everything right away when they're having that issue. And actually, in hindsight, she always had kind of a wonky tummy. And... Um,
0: before all this started. Before all this started. Okay.
1: And just kind of, you know, attributed it to maybe not eating right. And, you know, teenagers don't really eat the greatest <laughs> yeah. and that kind of we thing. We know that, and right? Our whole family <laughs> is kind of that way. We're all, you know, sensitive to to foods and things. So... Um, I just kind of brushed it off as maybe that. Well, in hindsight, obviously, it was probably the colitis. It just wasn't in a flare at that point. Yeah. So we don't really know if the antibiotics kind of kicked off the flare. Is that how
0: it typically happens with people with ulcerative colitis? Is it usually diagnosed older or younger? Do you know?
1: She's about the typical age. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a younger age. Thing. Like I, I can't remember the exact time, time frame to early but, 20s kind yes. of thing. Okay. Um, so, so, um, it was not a bad case of it at that point. So the doctor put her on a medication called Asacol and it's a, a daily, um, pill and that helped should the, uh, symptoms went away and she did better and, um, I'm very optimistic about stuff like that, so I'm like, you know, in research I'm an optimist,
0: too, usually. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. has to be hard, though, when it's your kid.
1: Um, for sure. Um, but at that point, I kind of had myself um, thinking. I did research, and I think it's 25%, somewhere around there, other people that have colitis just. Take a a pill and manage it and And go on with their life. So I'm like, okay, Christina's in the 25%, because that's how I think. Yeah. Um, So I I wasn't too worried about the future at that point. I figured this is what she's going to do and it'll be okay. Um, We did join, um, go to a a group, uh, my goodness, sorry. I'm sorry a support group okay, for colitis. At the hospital? Through the hospital. Okay, yeah. And that was very eye-opening because there were probably 10 people there and they were mostly older. Um, Probably seven or eight of them no longer had their colons.
0: Oh, (laughs) boy. Yes.
1: And the one gal was a young mom who was just diagnosed and she was really suffering with, how am I going to take care of my children? You know, she was really struggling with that. Wow. So it, it wasn't really the best introduction. To yeah. For so you're you're thinking you're going to be
0: great, and here you go, and all these people have had have all these chronic all these issues problems, and yeah. surgeries, and oh,
1: so not exactly what what worked for her. But yeah, you have to go to find out those right, things. Right. So yeah. we're like, we've got this; it'll be fine. <laughs> we're we're like gonna... we're not going to that support group again. Right. It <laughs> was hard. Exactly. Yeah. So then um, that was what she was, Is on the medication for about a year. And then in January of the next year, our insurance company came across with the whole step therapy or step program where um, you have to try different medications because that medication isn't the preferred medication anymore. And so the doctor gave her some other medication and never we we never really fully confirmed but it just didn't seem to be working as well and then
0: so it, the medication was working until the insurance company decided to change it yes yeah that's got to be frustrating it
1: very frustrating yeah and i then really kicked into gear with talking to the insurance company pleading my case saying, you know, if this were me it'd be one thing, but you're asking my 19 year old daughter to go through this and that's not okay with me. Um so and the we, mama
0: bear thing. Right, for yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. So we battled back and forth with them for probably two or three months. And they wanted her to try three different medications before they would allow her to have the rum the, um, pardon me, the that they would pay for it. And in researching it, the medications were comparable in cost. So I never really did understand the reasoning behind.
0: And they never explained it well when you talk to the insurance company. They were just like, this is how we do it?
1: Right. No real answer for it. So that was a very frustrating, I think that was probably one of the most frustrating situations that we've had throughout the whole thing is battling that, um, So as this was all going on through that whole summer, um, she would get a little better and then get a little worse and kind of back and forth with that. And um, the doctor gave her some of the ASICOL, got some samples and gave it to her. and, And that would bring her kind of back better, but not 100%. And in the meantime, he started talking about having her go on Remicade, which is a every eight-week infusion. And there are other medications, oral and the like, in between Asacol and Remicade that I would like to have seen him try. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a um, good communication back and forth, and so I never really felt like we were getting good answers as to why he wouldn't try something in between Remicade and Asacol. So it was
0: a big leap from what she was on the pill, the Asacol, to the Remicade.
1: Right. And especially because at 19 years old, you're going on an infusion medication every eight weeks that is pretty much going to be the rest of your life at that point. You know, once you go on a medication like Remicade, you don't really come off of it unless it stops working. So you're not fixing it. You're right. Just,
0: it's just a control um, measure.
1: And and as well as the acid call was going to be every day for right. the rest of her life, but there's something different between a pill and an infusion. Uh, that's quite a, a leap. And yeah. so we never really got a clear answer from him as to why he didn't want to try other things in between. So we decided to get a second opinion and um, figured we'd go to the leaders and the best, U of M, <laughs> go state. Yeah, go Michigan State, That's but right. if you but need
0: something medical, go to U of M. Exactly. So, <laughs> All of us in Michigan know that. Yep,
1: absolutely. So we uh, got an appointment with a, and, and again, I wanted somebody that we wouldn't have communication issues with, that was young, that would hopefully stick around and carry Christina through the bulk of her journey,
0: yeah,
1: and um, and then kind of female because, of course, the whole subject is, you know, not the greatest for a <laughs> young girl. <laughs> for yeah. a young girl, and honestly, Christina has been; she's got the best attitude about really. Her. Yeah, she's not um, never been embarrassed to put herself out there. Yeah, so which is um, cool
0: because even
1: the fact that she's
0: allowing you to talk about it. To me, you know, and, yes. and share all of this is, mm-hmm. is yeah.
1: That's she was pretty cool. That's pretty brave. It, yeah, for sure. She was all about, all for it. Yeah, you know? good so, for her. Yeah, so um, we found a, a young female doctor, Doctor Beth Nugan, and she. Uh, we had an appointment for Christina to go see her. So, as a as a parent, um, we all have those moments that we don't make the best decisions or. <laughs> That keep up keep keep us up at night um, long after, and before the appointment, my husband and I were going up to Traverse City with some other family members, and so um, the week before we were set to leave and before her appointment, she got sick, and I thought she had the flu or something along those lines, and. Each day she was a little sicker, but not like horrible. And on Friday we left. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And we came home on Sunday night and she was on the couch and just in really bad shape. Really sick. Just very weak. Um, She had a fever. Um, She didn't look good. And I said, well... Not your had, best parenting, parenting moment. At all. <laughs> probably should have scooped her up and taken her to the ER right then and there. But um, we got up the next morning and I took a look at her. And on the way into work, I called my husband and I said, um, she's probably going to end up in the ER tonight. I'm just telling you now. Um, she looks really, really bad. So I had gone to work and then her brother dropped her off at my office because her appointment with Dr. Manukian was at, you know, in the afternoon. And we left my office and drove to the doctor's office, filled out the paperwork, went and sat down. The doctor walked in, took one look at her, and said, you're going to the ER today. Oh, wow. (laughs) So she was that sick. Yeah. 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 I I knew she just was really in bad shape. Yeah. So she, you know, did her thing and then sent us on to... um, And at that point, we had a choice to make. We could either go back home to Beaumont Hospital, which is close to our home, or go to the University of Michigan, which is not close to our home. Um, and so I let Christina make that call, and she said she wanted to go to U of M. She really liked Dr. Manugi and, and I did too. So we drove over to the hospital, and she was admitted. Um, and they checked, you know, did every test under the sun, um, did CT scans, uh, x-rays, everything. And she, her colon was inflamed severely. Um, but thankfully hadn't gotten infected to the point where it was, um, I call it toxic megacolon. And honestly, I don't know the whole terminology for it, but, um, so, that was good that it hadn't gotten to that point. I could sleep a little bit better knowing that I hadn't, hadn't totally waited that long. Sleep. Yes. <laughs> so he hadn't totally um, failed her. Of course, they came in and took a look at her and said, "Well, the round of treatment is going to be remicade." And I'm like, "Sign <laughs> me up!" <laughs> all, all the time, the then other you doctor on wanted board, to do right? it, yeah, yeah. And, and I fought it, but. Um, you know, uh, they once they said that's what they had to do. I wasn't going to fight it at that point. You know, she yeah. needed to have it done. So, um, and part of while she was in the hospital, one of the things they did was to give her um, steroids. Um, and, you know, as all of you well know, being veterinarians and <laughs> in the medical field, the uh, steroid is a wonder drug. It's too bad you can't be on it all the time. I know, right? And it just turned her around immediately. It was unbelievable. She felt so much better. Yeah, she was not able to eat anything. Everything she put in her mouth just instantly set off that reaction, Ugh. and she had to go to the bathroom. And so when um, they gave her the steroid that next, um, you know, within that 24-hour period, she was eating lunch and we were watching TV and I turned and looked and I said, I can't believe that you're not rushing up to go get the, to the bathroom. and become just such a part of her life. Yeah. You were used to it, it was like a miracle, you know, yeah. but unfortunately you can't stay on the steroids forever. So, yeah. um, so they put her on Remicade and then um, the steroid as well. And then weaned her off of that. But that was like three months she was on the uh, prednisone. Um, so, and then after that, um, it was very routine for us. We'd go out to U of M every two months, and she'd have the treatment. That all went really, really well. Um, the The worst part of that is she has very bad veins, and so mm. getting the IV started was always a challenge, and that was hard to watch as a parent. I had a really tough time with that. Um and really, to nobody's fault, except that you learn after a while who your good nurses are. Um, <laughs> I, I take that back. I shouldn't use that word. The good who, nurses. <laughs> who the good phlebotomy nurses are, you yeah. know, the ones that can get it on the first poke and the ones that struggle. Yeah. And you really have to be, and I'm still working on this with Christine all this, these years later, being an advocate for yourself and saying, you know, I'm sorry. We tend to be, our family tends to be. Um, we don't speak our mind when when we feel like there's somebody in a position over us. Yeah, like that authority kind of. authority thing. Yeah. So this nurse has gone to school for four years. You know, she knows what she's doing. Yes. Or he, and to say, I'm sorry, step aside and get the next one in is very difficult. Yeah.
0: But but it's important. You have to
1: champion for yourself. And I think that's a big thing that we've learned through all of of this is that you can say, no, thank you. Uh, You know, your degree is great, but <laughs> you're not sticking a needle in me. Move along. Um, and we're still working on that. You yeah, know? But there's been times where there's been, you know, two pokes, three pokes. Let me keep trying. No, please. You know, I'll keep Let trying. Let someone else no, try. You yeah. know? So we're always thankful that we either, you know, when she gets a nurse, it either gets it on the first try or one that knows that she's not going to get it and walks away. Um, I think sometimes a little bit of pride comes into play there where they're not going to let that vein get the better of them. Right. Right. And it's,
0: and you're working uh, on a human. Right.
1: The one gal actually a couple of months ago, um, tried and, you know, Christina told her they roll, they disappear. I'm telling you, you know, and she's tried and she said, wow, it just, it just disappeared. And we're like, yeah. Told you. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely have to, uh, I think that's a, a big thing is when well, to be. That
0: is a lesson that that you have to learn as a parent of a sick child or, you know, if your parents are sick or whatever and you're kind of the advocate is just knowing when to speak up and that it's okay. Right. And then as veterinarians, it happens to us where a client might speak up to us or one of our technicians and you have to not be so prideful that you don't go along with that. You know, it's, it's their pet. If they want something different than what you're, you know, advocating for, then maybe you have to back down a little bit to them. So it's kind of an odd juxtaposition of, you know, authority. Sure. But it's your, it's your daughter. Right. And a
1: little side note, we have a, we had a dog who, um, every time he went to the vet, he pooped all over the place. <laughs> and every time I passed him on, I said, I'm warning you He's now. Poop. You know, and, and I'd hand him off. And the one time I said that to the girl, and she, you know, kind of like, uh, and, and took him away. And I, I hear through the door, oh, my gosh, you just went all over the place. I'm like, well, you know, I tried to tried try to, to warn you. you know, yeah. yeah, so, and, and it's true. You have to, you know, in any situation go, okay, this person probably knows – you know, what they're talking about, I might need to listen to them a little bit, you know. Yeah, so that, yeah, but, I say um, that a
0: lot. I, if you listen to your clients, and I'm sure you run into it at the podiatry, uh, podiatry office too, is if, sure. if you don't listen to them, that you are going to be in trouble. Right. They do some sometimes know something that you don't know. Right, for about sure. About their pet or about their feet.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, or about their veins. About right? their veins, yeah. yeah. So, um, So, yeah, so she did really well then on the Remicade. That was really working. And it seems to be about an every year and a half or so thing that we have a a new little wrinkle, a new little twist. Um, And so about a year and a half into the Remicade, um, she started getting joint pain really bad um, to the point where uh, she couldn't, like, turn doorknobs on She'd walk around the house, and she looked like a little old lady. She was all hunched over and everything, and swelling, big knots on her fingers and everything else. So we got um, a rheumatologist through U of M, and she kind of did some blood work and all that, and they tweaked the... um, at some point, she ended up on a, an oral medication as well, Imuran, and I can't remember what prompted that, but that might have been during the, um, the arthritis stage. So they put her on that, um, and she started doing better again, and so that was good. And each time one of these things came along, then my resolve kind of little chink in the armor, you know, I going from, well, she's one of the 25% and she'll just be on ASCAL her, her whole life to, okay, well, this is just a little bump, you know, bump in the road Recall, and we'll, yeah. we'll get through it and she'll be okay. Um, and so she went on the two medications and then at some point um, the arthritis came back and she went on uh, both those medications but stronger dosaging. And then... Um, about two years ago, she uh, really started having the inflammation again, and they did a bunch of blood work, and the patient portals are a great thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but not always, not, right? Not so much, yeah. <laughs> and again, I think it all depends on your outlook on things and how you handle things and everything like that, and what you know. Um, I'm... Uh, I do a lot of research, so when something would come back, I'd immediately, you know, what does this mean if it's high? What does right, this mean if right. it's slow? Right, you'd research it all yeah, and get exactly. all the facts. And you see everything sometimes before the doctors mm-hmm. do because they're not yeah, checking the portal portals. for five yeah. seconds like you are, you right. know, and it would come, a little message would pop up, you got a new message in the portal, okay. <laughs> you'd be right uh, in there. All right, exactly. So I'm reading all this blood work, and they had done a ton of blood work on her, and I'm reading all this blood work, and it's coming back. Lupus, 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 uh. lupus. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. So um, she ended up getting drug-induced lupus from the Remicade, and in, I, I'm not sure yet, or I'm not sure at this, even at this moment, if it was from the Imuran or the Remicade or both, but one of them was causing this drug-induced lupus. Wow. So they took her off all of that, um, took her off the Remicade, which I fought so strongly against her being on. And, and then, then you they wanted were, they, her to be yes, on <laughs> it. Yes, exactly. They started taking away. I'm like, but there isn't anything but else. But we need it. Right, which there is. Um, and so they put her on a medication called Antivio. And Antivio is a more of a gut-specific um type of uh, infusion every eight weeks, again, which was nice because by the end of it, the Remicade was like every five weeks. She had oh, really, so it got more frequent it got more because frequently. it wasn't working as well? Yeah, yes, exactly. Wow. It would set her, her you know, um, inflammation markers would come back higher, and so then they'd shorten the time of the Remicade because they couldn't give her any more each time. They had already had it up as high as it could go, so they started to, having to give it more often. So um, they did that. They took her off all of that and put her on the antibio. And that was working very well. Um, and that was probably, I want to say it was uh, a little over two and a half years ago. It was around December. And then um, last fall after she went to, um, she got married, they went to Hawaii. And when she came back, um, she was having some um, stomach distress again, and not sure if it was the stress of the wedding. She didn't want to fly, so the stress of flying. <laughs> yeah, and that's a long flight to Hawaii. It's like a really long flight, <laughs> a lot of up and down. Even I got a little
0: freaked out when I saw the shoreline. I was going over, I was like, "Oh, this is a long ocean to fly over." <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and she had a marvelous time and yeah. and, and all yes. that. But she Amazing. she was glad to be back in Detroit when <laughs> she <I bet>. finally <laughs> landed to you know a week and a half later. So, um, but yeah, so just some stomach distress and everything like that. So they did another test and it came back and the the inflammation numbers were high again. So they put her on um, monthly uh, infusions of the entivio, and. So far, that seems to be working. Of course, it's only been a couple of months, so we'll see. But definitely at this point, I feel like my dreams of it being an easy journey for her are are, 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 gone, gone. are gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think at this point. And most people that
0: have ulcerative colitis, is it, well, you said 25%, it's kind of an easy fix. But do most people go through these kind of ups and downs, like the Arthritis is that is that something that they deal with or is was that kind of unusual for her because um, of the drugs, the lupus and all that.
1: So when you have any kind of um, autoimmune disease, it's very common You're to prone have another to others. one. Yeah. So uh, i I think at this moment we can really say that the inflammation in her joints and things were more from the medication, um, just because switching the medication and that kind of thing made it go away. So it's, it seems to make sense that that's what it is. I certainly hope so, because I think of everything that was, um, I mean, except for when she was in a severe flare, that was really hard, because it's um, visual. Yeah. I mean, even the flares because you can she'd see how sick up, she gets. Yeah, yeah. Up in the bathroom, up in the bathroom, you can tell oh, there she goes again, there she yeah. goes again, and that's hard to watch. Right. But seeing her walk across the floor or not be able to open the basement door to go downstairs yeah. or whatever was really difficult. And she's young, you know, yeah. she's even at so 28. How do, you
0: de- how do you deal with that mentally? Like, how do you deal with the unfairness of it all? I know a lot of us have been through different things with different people in our lives, but when it's your kid right. and she's such a young woman and she's just starting out her life and you don't want her to have babies and all of that. Right. Like how do you deal with that as the parent?
1: Um, well, I like I said, I've always been optimistic. I'm, I'm always kind of been and, and that's where maybe I'm I'm not always the best person to talk to because I feel like, oh, it's Fine, we've got this. You know, anytime <laughs> yeah. anybody in, in my family has been ill, I, I've always been like, that's okay. You're gonna We're gonna, this get, through it. We're gonna yeah. get through it. Yeah, and it's yeah. gonna be fine. Which is
0: a great attitude to have. I'm
1: thankful for that. Yeah, I, I'm for thankful sure. that I don't jump to the worst case scenarios right. and and worry and just stress Take it one stew. step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I I, and I think that's the the challenge is just taking it one step at a time, saying, okay, we're gonna battle this. Right now, and we'll worry What's about right in front of something else later. Um, although, I again, I feel like now I am waiting for the other shoe to drop with her, um, and we don't talk about it a whole lot uh, because <laughs> I don't want to put that in her head. Right, right. Um, I try to be always as you know positive about things as possible with her. And so, um, and she's got a really great attitude. She she does. She does. Like yeah. has
0: she through this whole thing? Like has she been really optimistic and brave she really and strong? Has. And she's just
1: like this. Not feeling is what I have sorry to do. for herself. Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, she was a, a little bit of a handful growing up. <laughs> I always say I have two sons, and they didn't give me as much grief as she did. But um, she's, she's a strong woman. She's very strong, yeah, strong-willed, like and mm-hmm. yep, absolutely. And I think God made her that way so that she could get through this yeah. and and be, be, you know, have a, a good attitude about it. So I think most of the time she's, um, you know, she has some anxiety, some, um, but I think that's more just generally about everything you know she'll, yeah, be, she'll like call me most up. people do right exactly she'll call me up oh I got this to do and that to do and i say okay make a list check off the list you know and uh so but I, I don't know that it's so much her health it's just everything you know Yeah. oh I got this bill to pay and this and that like you have plenty of money in the bank just pay the bill and relax you know now <laughs> so, does
0: stress kick it off at all or not really with this type of problem um,
1: you know For people, it's different triggers. So some people, it could be stress. Of course, they don't really know what it is. Um, When she was first diagnosed, um, we had a lot of people offer up a lot of um, very much appreciated advice. advice, But you have to have your own journey. And I know a big thing was food because it's your stomach. And we all have moments where we eat something we wish we wouldn't have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I think that's the go-to. Is while it's you know it's that apple, it's that right. you know cayenne pepper, it's and that
0: people want to give you that advice and they want
1: to help you. Right. You know, for yeah. sure. Like, don't eat so, that anymore. And with Christina, it's always seemed to be that if she isn't in a flare, she can eat whatever she wants. Interesting. And if she is in a flare, she can't eat anything at all. Wow. You know, nothing. So it's, it's so bizarre. when when, And thankfully, she hasn't been to that point since she ended up in the hospital. Um, but she couldn't put a piece of cooked chicken in her mouth without having to go use the restroom. Wow. Immediately. And immediately. It was crazy. Like, um, somebody explained it that when, you know, in even we've all been there where we've gone to take a bite of something, you know, (laughs) immediately your mouth salivates and it kind of kicks off like the whole digestive thing from stem to stern. So it kind of just gets the ball rolling as soon as she would take a bite of anything. So she was really, it was really difficult. And I'm very thankful that she hasn't had episodes like that where she just can't eat anything at all because she, you know, of course dropped a lot of weight and she didn't, you know, she wasn't a big gal anyway. So it was a, dramatic to see her you know how thin she got right um and then and then couldn't just couldn't eat anything, eat anything at all Wow. so um but but when she's not in a flare she can pretty much she has some GERD, and um acid reflux and stuff like yeah. that she has to be careful with certain foods, certain foods. but that's it's not really uh, affecting, affecting her, her colon as much yeah. yeah so so yeah um But, you know, now, of course, she's married. They want to try to have children. So that's kicked off a whole round of um, testing and doctors and that whole thing. So
0: being on this medication, she still can decide to have children. She just might have to be a little more careful. Right.
1: Kind of thing. So, right. Kind of the blessing in disguise from going off the Remicade, especially the Imuran, um, because you uh, as far as I know you cannot be on the imuran when you're trying to get pregnant um, is that the anterior is more gut specific and so it doesn't affect your whole body okay. it's a, a milder drug yeah and so you can be on it when you're trying to get pregnant and a lot of people you know have colitis and get pregnant and have children and all that so that's a, a that's a good a thing. good thing yeah so I think they're just more wanting her to have a high-risk doctor just in case. Right, kind of right. Because yeah. if she were to have
0: a flare-up during all of that, it would be right. probably more risky right, to her having a baby. So what what is your advice to parents that are going through any kind of chronic – because this was a chronic thing. This has mm-hmm. been going on 10 years?
1: Nine years. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what's your advice to the parents? Like how do you keep your head on straight? How do you advocate – for the patient that's your child, even though she's an adult now, she's still your child.
1: I know how that is. (laughs) They don't
0: automatically become not your kids when they turn 18.
1: Right. Um, I think uh, going for the second opinion was huge. Um, I wish we would have done it a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, Maybe even right away. Okay. Uh, But again, because I felt like it was going to be
0: you thought it was going to be the easy uh, route. The easy route. Yeah, you know, that yeah. was
1: my take on it. Right. Uh, so we didn't really need a second opinion. Yeah. Um, but as soon as things started going south, I it, we should have done it in May-June timeframe, and we didn't do it till September. Yeah. And uh, that was a couple of precious months that we lost there. And I'm sure we would have walked into U of M even in June, and they would have said Remicade because they, uh, God love them, are aggressive. <laughs> And they're not going well, to want to fix it. They right? do. They yeah. want to fix it. Yeah. So, um, uh, even this last time around, taking away the Remicade and putting her on intivio and then shortening the span of intivio, I'm, I felt like, do, why don't we let this? Because they put her on a, a little steroid this time around, too. Um, um, again, a, more of a gut specific steroid. And I felt like, why don't we do you know the eight weeks of the steroid? And then wait and see what that, happens. That's what you would have done up. if you yeah, weren't the doctor.
0: <laughs> <exactly. laughs> if you would have been the doctor.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, exactly. The U of M is not going to allow anybody to to play a game. Right. You know, it's right. like, this is what we're going to do. So yeah. you do it. You Yeah. Know? Um, but definitely the second opinion, I think, is a big thing. Um, and the advocacy being... And, and each child is different too you know right, some kids right. if you open your mouth boy you're in big trouble you know yeah but yeah um, that's I've true. always been fortunate that Christina's let me say my piece yeah because she's
0: an adult and she gets to speak for herself right. so that that's a kind of an unusual you right. know, position to be in, too. yeah, yeah.
1: and then learning to, to back off and give them the skills to advocate for themselves yeah uh, I've always been right in there with stuff Um and I've tried really, of course, over the last couple of years now, because she is 28, right, you know, right, to say, I'm not going to be here forever. And you have to tell that nurse to take that needle out and go get somebody else yeah. or, you know, whatever the situation is, you have to stand up for yourself. And, you know, um, when I'm with her and there's something to be said, you know, I kind of like side-eye her. <laughs> to, <you're laughs> like saying, intent. Yeah, you're saying <laughs> Um, or Christina has something to say, right? You know, um, and then just like anything else, be good to yourself, you know, try not to beat yourself up. I've never, uh, thankfully, again, I've never said to myself, well, you know, why did she get that? Was it something I did? Was it something? Right. I I mean, it's just, I, I don't know what it is. Is it, you know, um, biological? Is it in the air? Um,
0: Is it genetic? genetic, Like, like, yeah, what is
1: it? And it's not, I shouldn't say it's not uncommon. There's definitely cases where it's in the family, um, more than one uh, child in the family. Not that one that isn't the case um, with our sons. And I think at this point, they might be beyond the age that we would have to worry about it, Um, it might still start up, but not that critical age where they commonly get it. And they get it Um, so badly. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully we seem to have bypassed that for now. I know a gal whose daughter was nine when she was diagnosed. And nine when she was put on Remicade. Yeah. And she's uh, probably about 24 now, something like that. And a couple of years back, her son, who's... You know, a couple years older than the daughter, um, as an adult at at that point, um, was diagnosed with it. Huh. So, um, two out of her three kids. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I'm thankful that we. I'm not fighting it on two fronts. Right. Um. I'm sorry, Christina has to go through it, but yeah. You know, I
0: think that's got to be the hardest thing is to watch your. Kids go through things that you don't wish on them. Right. But you don't have the power to fix it. Right. You feel powerless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I think, again, not knowing the future where I was so sure of myself. Right. You know, I'm so sure of her future 10 years ago. Now I'm. I'm, Now you're like, what what else is going to happen? And how bad can it get? Yeah. This little year and a half to two-year cycle, so what's, you know, what's up? And in through all of this, you know, she goes for um, a colonoscopy every other year. That's part of the, the whole thing, and, yeah. you know, that's tough. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Yeah,
0: people are are used to not having a colonoscopy until they're like forty or fifty, right. or, yeah, and then
1: they cry and whine about it. Oh gosh, yeah, I yeah. Know, oh, goodness. it's so terrible. It's like, yeah, yeah, every you know, ten years like, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's like well. Yeah, how
0: do you deal with that? Like people whining about you know what little things they have to deal with and you've been through all of this with Christina.
1: Right. Um, yeah, it would be a
0: hard mental game too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. I. I again. I try to look at the fact that. In the grand scheme of things, it isn't the worst thing. People have gone sure. through far worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful that she got uh, through her high school experience. Without having, without to, deal having with that. to deal with it. Without having to deal with You know, that's huge that I didn't have to watch her as a real little child suffer. Yes. That would have been very difficult. Yeah. I think coming into it at 19 years old, it was a little more... I mean she was still young right. obviously and, and all that. She's still that, your but, baby. Yeah. But it, yeah. she
0: wasn't like she wasn't a 9-year-old. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I'm um, I try to always remember those situations and yeah. that I'm thankful for that. I mean, people have gone and and I think that's that's Christina's attitude about it too. Is people have gone through far worse. And that's a great
0: way to think about it always, yeah. about anything you're going through. For sure. is it could always be worse.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you don't want to
0: imagine the worst, but just that thought that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in a lot of ways. Right. And you're fortunate that you do have U of M. Yes. And you are close to that facility yes. and they are so good and, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that.
1: Right. I know when she was uh, starting the ball rolling for um, trying to um, start a family, uh, She really tries to keep all of her doctors at U of M, and she started talking about a high-risk doctor at U of M. And again, I try not to intervene too much, (laughs) but I said, when that first labor pain hits, you aren't going to be (laughs) wanting to drive out to Ann Arbor. (laughs) You're really going to be wishing you could go to Beaumont six miles away, so... um, as it turned out, she ended up getting a referral to a Boma high specialist yeah. and a high risk specialist, and uh, I think that's the way she's going to go. Yeah, so nice. I was thankful for that because yeah. well, you know, and they can always coordinate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a as a, a mom who's done it three times, I I sure wouldn't want to be driving out <laughs> to Ann Arbor. <laughs> so yeah, that's one um, thing she doesn't know yet. Yeah, exactly. No, that's amazing. So, but um, yeah, so I I think just trying to to Always the, the advocacy is huge, you know, and research within the realm of, you know. Your limitations. Yeah. you. Have that, I find that with, uh, being a
0: veterinarian, you know, we think we know everything about medicine. And we do, but we don't know about human medicine. And there's differences. And so sometimes you, know, you do the research, but then when you talk to the medical doctor, they just have a little different take on it. And that's sometimes difficult for us to remember. Yeah. That we don't really know how to treat people.
1: (laughs) The anatomy is sort of the same, but (laughs) Well, and when it's yourself or you're one of your
0: kids, it's it's a whole different level of stress that's thrown in there. Sure. That doesn't always help you with your research because you always look at the most negative things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I try to, you know, and again, it's kind of it get Get enough information to be knowledgeable but not enough being dangerous. To, yeah, without <laughs> right freaking yourself out, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, and getting good physicians. That's huge. You know, we are and so not being afraid to change. Right.
0: I, I think some people I notice this with people that are not medical more than I notice it with us, I guess, but just not being afraid if a doctor isn't jiving with you right. to ask for a different one or get a second opinion. I think that's really important.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, it makes all the difference in the world. And I know the, the first doctor she had while he was a good doctor, he, we just weren't clicking with him, and that's not the way to go through a chronic illness. No, with you're you not need somebody with. that you really yeah.
0: can trust and yeah. communicate
1: with. Right, yeah. for sure. And uh, her doctor now she adores and you know she cares about Christina. When she had her first colonoscopy, my husband and I were in the waiting room and she came out to get us and oh, nice. take us back. Yeah, so instead she's, of a nurse. Yeah, she's yeah. Um, pretty down to earth and all that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're real happy with her. So.
0: Well, I appreciate this so much. It's, oh, yeah. it's been. A, I I knew some of this because right. we've talked before, but it's interesting to hear the whole story and how you dealt with it emotionally and um, just management wise with your daughter. And yeah. I appreciate her being willing to share too. Yeah. That yeah. she wasn't. Um,
1: Thank you.
0: Embarrassed that we were going to share this story, and yeah. she's such a strong woman. It's really, it's Thank really you. cool.
1: Yeah, she yeah. definitely is. Is um, real open about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll
0: help people. Yeah, I, I think so. just if somebody gets something out of this that helps them see things a little different way, if they're dealing with something like this, or just gives them courage to advocate for themselves. Yeah. you know, even if it's just the nurse putting in the catheter.
1: Right. <laughs> Exactly, That's for
0: a different nurse. Right. Don't be embarrassed. Exactly, that you're always. going to hurt their feelings yeah. or yeah, <laughs> like all of us want to be people pleasing, but it isn't always the best way to approach it. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, going through something like this is tough enough without suffering even more. Because, yeah, because you don't want to speak up and hurt someone's feelings. Right. Right. You know? And you just so. keep getting poked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
0: So, so is there anything else that we didn't we didn't say that you think we should get out there or did we cover it mostly?
1: Um. I think we covered it again. I I tend to be more optimistic, and I, I wish that that more people could look at it from that perspective. Yeah, and I think- but I understand the the stress and the worry and not knowing and everything. Just to like we said, take it one one, one day, day at, at a time. time, and don't jump. You know, don't jump to the next step until you get there. And, yeah, and just handle it. Uh,
0: with with any chronic illness, that's right, really good advice. Right. Yeah, one because, day at a time.
1: Because it 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 rules you, so you're yes, just, you're just along for the ride. So you have to to just take what you're dealing with at that moment. Just and, hang on and, and, and take the ride. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I really appreciate
0: you doing this, yeah. and we'll get together again and talk about practice management because I know you're an expert in that, <laughs> in managing your practice. <laughs> I try. So <laughs> we'll do <laughs> some more. We'll do some. Uh, something else one day but I just thought that if you were willing to share that this would be interesting and might help somebody out there that's dealing with a similar situation with a child of any age
1: yeah you
0: know or a parent or a spouse or whatever yeah so any caregiver
1: I appreciate In it. appreciate yourself
0: you know yeah for ourselves yeah, yeah so. so if anybody out there wants to reach Nina you can just email me at jacapeldbm at gmail.com and I'll get a hold of her for you and she can communicate with you and Give you advice if you're dealing with something similar. That would if you're willing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say I figured please, you would be. Yeah. Yeah. Please contact me uh, through Julie if you have any questions yeah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right.
0: Well thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate your attention and okay. we'll talk again next week. Right. Bye everyone. Bye Nina. Bye Thank Julie. you so much.